1: Joshua's coming from a good place, and uh, he was real upset last night.
0: Oh, oh my god! John. <sighs> I so trust you. <laughs> I love hearing this from you. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Here to Make Friends, a Huff Post podcast about the Bachelorette franchise, where we lovingly snark on the Bachelorette season eleven.
1: Whether you love The Bachelorette or love to hate it, we'll decode what this reality show reveals about the world of dating. I'm Emma Gray, senior women's editor. And I'm Claire Fallon, culture writer. Thanks for tuning in to our sixth episode recap. The one in which Ian goes out in bright, bright orange and black colored flames. Today we'll be speaking with former Bachelor
0: contestant Leslie Hughes. She was on Sean Lowe's season, touch on that Snapchat story of Caitlin's that everyone is talking about, and discuss how Ian has surprisingly
1: Tony-like tendencies. Didn't yeah. see that one coming. And how, like, actually all the guys are basically the same person. Can we actually just rename one of the Ben's right now? I'm voting for Rudolph, but we are accepting other submissions. So, before we talk to Leslie, we have so much drama from last night's episode, done Pack. We've made our mimosas out of last night's wine. We are ready. The episode begins. Pre-rose ceremony. Nick has just entered the suite. I think his opening dun, dun, line duh. is like, sup, guys? Real smooth. Very smooth. They are not super welcoming. Shockingly. <laughs> I really loved the point later in the episode when Joshua, I think, is like, we're all trying so hard not to make it awkward, but, but it's just like he's making it impossible and it's like Nick talking animatedly to them and they're staring into space with like their jaws clenched like they're about to just leap at him and I was like yeah you're, tr- you're trying really hard not to make it awkward right now great job. I feel like the producers should get paid a little extra for this episode
0: like just the opening where they obviously made Nick sit on one side of the room and
1: all of the other men like stone faced on the other side it was like a firing squad I loved it. I like to imagine Nick coming in and sitting down and all the guys sitting next to him immediately getting up and moving to the other side, like a middle school lunchroom or something. Like They're just like, oh, no. I'm not not sitting on the same couch as this guy. They were not having it. They really
0: grilled him, um, especially Tanner, who continues to show off his knowledge of tabloids. Yeah,
1: we've all read the tabloids, Nick. We all know that, well, I know, from my extensive reading of the tabloids, like, how many subscriptions do you have, Tanner? Is it like yeah. Us Weekly, Star, Life in Style? Like, Yeah. I, and we know that no one else was reading the tabloids because he had to tell all the other guys what he read in the tabloids. So just be honest about it. You're the only one who's done your research. Yeah, There's I mean, no it shame. was informative. Like, even
0: I didn't know that apparently, you know, Star Magazine had reported that Nick had hung out with Andy at some point four months ago.
1: Yeah. Apparently, they buried the hatchet so well that Andy has been tweeting mean things about Nick during this season so that's really great and uh, yeah I'm actually enjoying Tanner's narration more and more even though he's being kind of rude at, at one point <laughs> there was another guy narrating a date and I was just like this is so boring what am I missing Tanner back. it's Tanner's really lively metaphorical sort of stylish narration yeah,
0: speaking of dates, I realize that I kind of keep glazing over during all of the one-on-ones still. Like, we had a Ben H. one-on-one date that until, you know, the five minutes before we started recording this, when we were talking it over, I completely <laughs> forgot that it had happened.
1: Yeah, he is, like, adorable. He's so cute. And I... He's so boring. And I, I remember... Really wish he was less boring. I know. And we made fun of his bio during our preview episode... And now I'm understanding why it was so poorly phrased, because he couldn't even explain a very simple story about his breakup to Caitlin without expressing it in a way that made literally no sense.
0: Poor guy. He was really trying to resist the whole mandate of, like, you get five minutes alone with the lead, you must open up about all of your saddest, sad, sad stories he really missed that yeah. memo because he, he was could like, not, he "I don't not want deliver. to open up
1: this fast," and she was like, "But you must." And he was like, "Okay, well, here's the thing. My ex said that I had lost the chase. To... What does that mean? What? What are you <laughs> losing?" A... And she was just like, "Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, I get it. What <laughs> is that a thing that I don't know about?" Well, he seems really he has sad. a very adorable face. He does, and he's really good at the dip kissing thing. Which oh yeah that. I was like I, I could get in on that. Yeah, every woman wants some of that. Men take notes. Uh, I did appreciate the two step and the old lady, Betty Joe, I think it was. She should be the next bachelorette. I was yeah. into her. Well, she was like flirting with the cameraman. Did you see that? She had a little her. saucy wink there. It. She
0: deserved that, you know,
1: 5 oh, minutes I know. of fame.
0: Bring Betty Jo back, starting the campaign now. She was
1: a lot better at two-stepping than Ben. And as we know from The Bachelor, if you're better at whatever the date event is, you deserve love more than everyone else. So definitely Betty Jo deserves it more than anyone. She deserves love probably more than anyone that's ever been on this show. Yeah, agreed. Um, so Ben H. gets a rose, um, even though none of us can remember him afterwards. And then it's time. Well, they're in San Antonio. That's why all these. Oh, right. They've left New York. They're now in Texas. It's yeah. a
0: little warmer. I was a little bit concerned for them. Yeah, the rose ceremony. The rose ceremony uh, before they, they headed out was at City Field. And it was clearly sub-zero. Yeah. Those guys, like, they probably were like, please kick me off. I just need to leave this goddamn field.
1: Yeah. Caitlin appeared to be on the verge of tears. Then I was like, oh, no, she's just so cold that she can't move her face. And then the the guys were all trying to be macho, like just wearing their their suit jackets. and it was not a good. yeah. Good we decision. we lost a few nondescript men during that
0: Jonathan. rose ceremony. Jonathan, a single dad, I'm pretty sure he's gonna be in paradise, actually, yeah. though. So that's I'm excited to see a little little more of what Jonathan has. I feel that he was
1: he was holding back. I feel like he was more of a brick guy. and this is this is an issue that I feel came up this season is that they cast for two women. And I feel like a lot of the guys were just not compatible with Caitlyn. Like, very clearly, she's a very funny, laid-back girl. And they have all these, like, uptight, self-serious, soulful sort of guys that I feel like Britt might have gone for, but they really sort of fell out of the race immediately as soon as she left. And then Caitlyn has fewer guys to choose from. It just seems like a weird setup. Um so then she t- she says we're going somewhere warm that I've always wanted to go and they're all like oh my god like Arubas. the Bahamas <laughs> yeah and she's like San Antonio and they're like oh great they're like yay. at least that's better than outside in the dead of winter in New York City <laughs> yeah so they go to San Antonio um, two stepping date with Ben H and then a mariachi date is the group date that it's really drive first date drive home
0: the point that not only have they they're like never been. Uh, Southeast Asian men on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette but you know rarely have we seen any Hispanic men so instead
1: they need to appropriate Hispanic culture. Yeah. And there's like a 12 year old uh, boy leading the Mariachi band He was adorable. He was so cute. He was more talented than anyone in the history of that show. He deserves love but he's a little young for it I'm gonna say. Maybe wait a couple years. Yeah wait like maybe a decade. Um so then all of the other men are tasked with winning Caitlin's heart back from him. Through mariachi Through songs, mariachi that songs. That they write themselves, Oof. which is just a recipe for a lot of terrible singing. Yeah. Let's just say that Nick rhymes connection with a word that they had to bleep out. And Caitlin loved it, so clearly he knew what he was doing. So respect. This is a girl that likes her slightly off color jokes. I respect yeah, that. Yeah. The first joke she told to Chris Sewells was um adult in theme. So I love it. There you go.
0: Yeah, and even even Tanner, I think, had to, warmed to Nick a
1: little bit after, you know, the <laughs> erection rhyme. <laughs> yeah, he had to respect that one. Um so so the the, the day date goes pretty well. Most of the guys get into it, except for Ian. Ian feels really strongly about what a good singer he is. He thinks he's very intelligent. He went to Princeton. I don't know if anyone's mentioned that to you, but he he did. somehow. Did you know it's an Ivy League school? Is it? It is. Tell me more. Um, And he's a great singer, so he's got it all. I have heard that. And he competes in things. He's a competitor, so he's perfectly positioned to just knock this mariachi thing out of you know, the well metaphorical ballpark out of the park and um, and then he just doesn't at all because he I don't know he just doesn't it, I, I can't explain it I think
0: the lesson here is that you just gotta you gotta fail with style yeah like all of, all of the men sounded pretty terrible with maybe the exception of Justin the one who called himself Matt Damon at one point yes he had a surprisingly good voice but the rest of them sounded awful I mean poor Joe out there who's, you know, again, never seen the theater in his <laughs> life, has somehow ended up on every single performance date. He was
1: doing some sort of off-key, like, country music. Yeah, but even thing. he was having fun with it. He was having fun with it. And that's all Caitlyn wants. Yeah, so. But, she but Ian could not that's get out of his the own head. the fundamental misunderstanding that Brits guys have with Caitlyn's guys. Caitlyn doesn't care if they're doing it well. She cares if they're having fun. And I feel like Brits guys do not understand that they're like no I'm doing it well out of love in my soul so then we get to the night portion of the date and things take a turn yeah somehow between the
0: mariachi and the drinking Joshua has gotten increasingly angry about Nick
1: He's he's just very totally unclear lost why. It. Well, I think that he and Tanner, maybe some of the other guys, have been doing a little shit talking. Sound like Benzie was in on it. Yeah, it's hard to tell who. It doesn't seem like all the guys, but a few of them, saying some things about Nick. So Joshua's like, I know, I'm gonna go talk to Caitlin in a church after she gave him a very interesting messed up mohawk. Yeah, well, so. First of all, Joshua uses his alone time with Caitlin that night to be like, "Get a haircut." You're a barber, right? No, she's not a barber. I don't care if she is a a, a hairstylist or a cosmetologist. A barber is a, a specific thing. She's not a barber. I don't know what you're talking about, Joshua. <laughs> and, and she's on a date at night. She's drinking. He gives her old clippers and scissors in like, the dark. Which and producer a producer like himself. took their old. Mess up Clippers. Oh so we're like, God. here, Joshua. I use this for love. I can just imagine Elon Gale being like, "Yeah, I, I tried to these use these to hack through my fro a million times." Um, yeah, so she she tries to give him a haircut gamely in the middle of her date and and fails and and it's just bad for everyone. So I don't know why he thought that would work, but um, so then with this horrible haircut, he goes to tell Caitlyn that he doesn't trust Nick. And basically what he says is like, I know you think he's really into you, but I just, he's not into you. I bet. Because of my guy intuition. Guy intuition is a thing we learned about this episode. Yeah. Apparently it's very wise. You can't question it. It's very. Yeah. He was like, just trust me. It's like, you know about intuition. My guy intuition is just saying this. So just, you know, you know what that is like. Take it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Also, he implies that every other man feels the same way. Joshua, <laughs> Joshua, you need to take a cue from Tanner. Watch some back seasons. Ugh. Never, ever throw other people under the bus. Well, Even if it's someone Well, then he tries to you throw hate.
1: specific other people under the bus. He's like, no, everyone feels that way. Ask Tanner. Ask Ryan. Ask, ask all. Ben. These, ask Ben. Oh, yeah, all the Ryans are gone. <laughs> ask Ben. Ask all these guys. They know what I'm talking about. Just go talk to them. Dead like, silence. No, that is not how adults handle conflict
0: yeah nick is very just like sitting quietly writing it out being like don't worry about it guys i get why you feel bad about me like he comes off so well okay so you got engaged congrats now you may be wondering what comes next
1: if you're planning a wedding the first thing you need to know about Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash L-T-S-I. Article believes in delightful design for every home.
0: And thanks to their online-only model, they have some pretty delightful prices too. and uh it just really like elevates our deck that and the ottoman we bought to go with it so comfortable so chic also can withstand a whole lot of
1: rain so important Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.
0: They're having their Memorial Day sale from May 13th to May 27th, which would be the perfect time to use your store credit on
1: top of sale prices. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash
0: LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100
1: or more. Get up to sixty percent off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B A B B E L dot com slash L T S I. Rules and restrictions may apply. Um, so then the next morning, Sean has his one-on-one date kayaking. Sean. Sean Sean Sean, Sean, Sean the the beautiful
0: Ryan Gosling, Gosling wannabe.
1: Florida. He looked very, like, shiny and and like like a Ryan Gosling who'd gotten into a bar fight or something last <laughs> night. Well, so they go kayaking, and then they, like, sit down to talk and, you know, make out or whatever. And he's he <laughs> turns his McConaughey voice on Caitlyn, and he's like, listen, Joshua's coming from a good place, and uh, he was real upset last night. He's real, real upset. And she's, she's like, like, oh, oh my God.
0: God. I so trust you. <laughs> I love hearing this from you. Like, he is probably the one person in the entire house who could have effectively stood up for Joshua.
1: Yeah. Well, he just can say the most condescending things to her. Like, he like, can look, say girl, that he doesn't think she's that smart. that smart. He can say that. I don't really trust you with it, Nick. Yeah. I don't well, really she did trust say to her, He did say yeah. that. And then she was like, "Well, can you just respect respect my my judgment?" He's like, "Maybe, girl." (laughs) And then he says to her, "You know, I don't know. I just don't really trust Nick." And she's like, "I respect that." And I'm like, "Why?" He doesn't respect you, but it's his McConaughey voice. She just can't she can't resist it. So then he's like, "I'm falling in love with you." And then she's like, "Oh." "Oh my god!" But he's like sitting. With his like, she is really weirdly crossed. All all jokes aside, she really is. She's
0: very into him,
1: but it's very weird how this happens. I have to say, he's like, I'm falling in love with you. He's sitting like straight up in his on his bench with his knee like sort of crossed, like his ankles on his knee, and he's just like chilling. And so she has to sort of like crane over him to make out with him. And I was like. Make an effort, man. Like, if you were really falling in love with this girl after, like, a week and a half, I have to feel like you could position yourself in a more inviting way for a little bit of love and time. Well, well I think Sean is really, he's in it to win it. He's doing pretty well so far. At that point, dates, dates are pretty much wrapped up and go to the second cocktail cocktail party, party. Of the episode but it looks like we won't have time for a rose ceremony how Shockingly. crazy yeah i i mean i
0: think how many rose ceremonies have we actually had at the time you're usually supposed to have a rose ceremony in an episode like, like one, one two
1: Maybe? i don't know i don't even remember like, what time we're at in the season what's up or what's where down what's a rose who's who i really don't remember who's who um <laughs> It's just getting worse
0: and worse. Well, we find out that Sean is not the only one who is falling in love with Caitlin. Yeah. Jared is as well. Yes. Sweet, sweet, terrible, rat face hair. He's so earnest. He's so earnest.
1: I'm watching and I'm just like, if you were at the Oyster Bar in Rhode Island, I feel like there would just be so many waitresses who would just be like... Jared, he's so hot. I have to sweep all the oyster shells off the table and just... He's not being a dick. I feel like the
0: bar he is set being pretty a dick. low. He's one of the few who hasn't done something completely
1: completely dickish. You're right. He just seems a little dim and rat That's fair.
0: That's fair. But...
1: Maybe he's just playing. Maybe he's just flying below the radar, you know. I Not a bad uh, move. I should give him the benefit of the doubt. And I think they like make out on a bed of rose petals during the cocktail hour. Yeah, he's, that was he's doing, well. He's I, doing I, well. I didn't understand that. Um <laughs> So but most of the cocktail hour is pretty much taken up by Ian. Ian the, totally rest of, blowing the rest of the episode it. is all about yes. Ian. Ian has been doing ever since he failed. To impress Caitlin at the mariachi. He has just been festering away this he, sense of He's very of upset grievance. that he has, you know,
0: not performed his best. He has not gotten the attention he feels that a Princeton man who used to be a model deserves.
1: A Princeton and man who, you know, used to meets be a model, lots and, of women in his and life. And an athlete. And he and defied death. And he defied death. And. Um, other stuff, probably. Yeah, what, what was the, see, the exact quote? Was <laughs> something like, "I don't know
0: why Caitlyn would has been around the world, who's a, a Princeton graduate, former model, athlete that defied death and has been around the world a couple times. Yeah, I mean, he just it's just not just once even
1: but a couple times. that should just be his tagline of his resume, like, yeah. who wouldn't want me for any task? Let me tell you, sexual or otherwise, there's never anything wrong with guys like that. You know, there's never any reason that you wouldn't want to be around that. um So the really crazy thing about Ian, though, is that as this little tantrum goes on, you start to realize how much he's like Tony, because the exact same thing happened with Tony's departure. He brags about an activity that he's really going to kick ass at. He dramatically fails in front of everyone. He gets really embarrassed. He stews about it by himself. He goes to Caitlin, he says a lot of horrible stuff to her to make it seem like it's about her, and then he storms off. And I was like literally the same literally trajectory. The same and, thing. and now that you've said it, like I can't I can't unsee the comparison. He's like and it's like they don't seem the same at all on the surface. If the like remember when Ian was being Tony's voice of reason like two episodes ago? Yeah, maybe that's
0: because he related to him.
1: Yeah. Apparently. So we kind
0: of end on on a cliffhanger of like how Soon is Ian gonna get kicked yeah. out of the house. It's Clearly very, it's he's very get clear that out. he's getting kicked out.
1: He wants to get yeah. kicked out. He was like, I don't yeah. think Caitlin's interesting. I just need to be I need to be honest. Yeah, so we're really excited to find out next week. Although Ian did tweet, spoiler, I did not get a rose. So I mean I guess that he did not get a rose. Yeah, you know, I would love to hear Ian's side of how things went down. I know. Yeah, you know, that, that's
0: a real, that's like a flame-out edit right there. I know. I, I'd really love to hear that. And now we're going to speak with Leslie Hughes. She was a contestant on Sean Lowe's season of The Bachelor and was recently featured in an interview with Cosmopolitan.com where she had some really interesting things to say about race and The Bachelor franchise.
1: Hi, Leslie. Thanks so much for chatting with us today. Hi, Claire. Thanks for having me. Um so I wanted to start off by asking if you are watching this season.
2: I am watching this season. <laughs> it's a um, uh, interesting season. That's, I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
1: So <laughs> what did you think of the episode last
2: night? Um I have mixed feelings about this season. Like part of me is like kind of bored. <laughs> uh, um, and I don't know, since, like, the Snapchat viral thing, I can't watch it, like, I already know who's going to win, so it's, like, you can't watch it normally now. Yeah, that kind of changes everything. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't know. It's not a season that I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have to watch it. I just watch it because I need to know, you know, I'd like to just see what's going on every week, but. Yeah. Not, there's not, I don't know. It's hard to say.
1: (laughs) (laughs) and after this week so it looks like all of the non-white contestants are going to be gone and i yep <laughs> yeah, two of them left sort of dramatically um what did you think about ian's exit last night i mean
2: i i think he put his foot in his mouth for sure like i i i tweeted something and i was just like no 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 <laughs> like what are you doing and, I mean, him and Copa, I'm just, like, there's not a lot of ethnicity anyways, and then when you guys do that, it's, like, come on. <laughs> yeah. You you know what you signed up for, and I just feel like he just, I don't know, the stuff that he was saying, I, you know, it's hard to say hey, when was he actually saying that and who was he saying it to and was he saying it like in a joking way because you don't know what they're going to do for editing. But even so, I mean, some of the stuff he said, I'm like, really? Like, I would never get you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like there's a certain amount of editing that was clearly happening, but he, he definitely dug his own grave a little bit. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it seemed kind of, Uh, surprising that both Koopa and Ian had these huge blow-ups. Do you think that there is some sort of unusual pressure that they were under being minorities in the house that that was showing through there?
2: Um, I mean, I'm sure, yeah, it's probably different for a guy versus, you know, female being minorities in, in the house, so I'm sure they definitely felt like, you know, more pressure than the other guys that are in that house and Copa I feel like we got that more you know from him versus Ian was just being I feel like a douche (laughs) I'm sorry but that's just minority or not like you would not want to date anyone that would ever say any of those things so yeah um, Jonathan I liked a lot and I wish that he was around more yeah we think he's going to be on Bachelor
1: in Paradise so hopefully we'll see more of him
2: yeah I believe that he is the only ethnic one there (laughs) oh great uh-huh. <laughs> yeah I understand there's pressure but like I just feel like there's pressure every day of your life like it's just how you live your life by and just you know I mean I'm mixed I don't like I don't see it as a pressure just go on and be you and just you know if she falls in love with you she falls in love with you and if not like go out with class not like an idiot <laughs>
1: yeah I feel like the bachelors and bachelorettes never really figure out, like with Ian, that if you're a good candidate for the next bachelor or bachelorette, you can't say that you should be the next one and then throw a tantrum, because <laughs> he was like prime bachelor material before that.
2: I thought so, yeah. Like, he seems normal, and then he just went a little crazy, it seems like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh...
1: And you were on Sean's season. Um, yeah. Which which Emma and I watched. Um, and Sean's season was pretty diverse. And it seems yeah. like that was something that he prioritized.
2: Absolutely. Like I remember him saying, like, he didn't really care, you know, what he had. He's he dated white, he's dated black, he's dated Asian. So, like, he dated, you know, a swarm of different um, races and cultures. So he just, Caring about the certain values and morals, and you could definitely tell that they did cast for that when we were in the house, because we had a lot of similarities, you know. A lot of us were Christians, and a lot of us had the same goals. And so, that was nice, but that was one of the things I was super excited about going in when I found out, because there wasn't a lot of minorities on the show. So, I was like, yay! <laughs> and then they stocked up fully. <laughs> nice. Uh, and you guys but, uh, spend so much downtime
1: together on the show, like the contestants. Um, did you guys have a lot in common? Did you make friends while you were on the show?
2: Oh, absolutely. Like, because um, you see, you hang out with the, the contestants more than the Bachelor. And so, I mean, you definitely do build these crazy bonds. And even with the alumni from previous seasons, because no one's gone through that experience, it's like a crazy I say like a sorority. I've never been a sorority, so I can't like (laughs) say. But that's what I would think it would be like because no one else understands what we went through. Like being cut off from your family, being cut off from worlds. Like, yeah. Like I'm, I'm friends with a lot of them still, and it's, it's awesome. And
1: when you were filming, did you feel like there was maybe a more narrow boundary of what was acceptable for you than maybe for the white women on the show?
2: No, like I said, I mean, I didn't feel any different than Ashley Fraser. Like, I just say that because she's one of my good friends. Like, I didn't feel a difference at all and because of my race versus someone else in the house. But that might have been the way I've grown up. Like, you know, because I'm half black and half white. But I was always mixed and whatever. Like, I didn't really care, didn't know the difference. <laughs> um so for me, I, I honestly could not tell that, like, oh, she's a minority. We need to treat her differently. <laughs> Definitely didn't feel like that at all. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: have you watched Unreal at all, the Lifetime drama about uh, Bachelor? Show? Yes.
2: yes, I have been watching it.
1: <laughs> have you seen the episode where um, a producer tells the, the black girls on the show that to get screen time, they need to sort of play the angry black woman? Yes. <laughs> did, did that ring true to you at all?
2: No, definitely <laughs> not. It's not to me, anyways. I don't know if they did it to other people. I mean, honestly, I could not see them doing that because that's a little just much. Yeah. I mean, I understand them not like having the minorities on the show, but I've, I would never. I could not see a producer doing that.
1: <laughs> and uh what is it like, just generally, to be? On the show in an environment where you don't have like a phone, you don't have the internet or TV, and you're just hanging out with other people all the time. Do you feel like that influences the way that people behave?
2: Absolutely. I mean, before you get out of the limousine, too, you were secluded in a hotel for four days. Oh, wow. So, yeah, and you're all in your own hotel room, excuse me, hotel room, and we don't have keys, but like we can't come and go. Um, So at that point, some people that's the first time they've ever been away from home and away from their families. And at that point too, they do take our phones away. So yeah, you still have the TVs that are in the room and your books, Um, but you're in a, you know, a box pretty much. We were allowed to use the gym for like a half an hour every day, but they had to escort us to the gym because they didn't want us to run into any other females. Wow. So at that point, some people go crazy already before they even get out of limousine. Um, me, personally, I absolutely loved it. So would you
1: still like to be on another Bachelor franchi- franchise show like Bachelor in Paradise after going on The Bachelor?
2: Yeah, I would love to. Honestly, like, after I came home and was home for, like, a week, like, I was ready to go back. <laughs> oh, wow. Just, yeah, because just, I don't know, I had I had a really good experience, and I I just loved being cut off and I loved, you know, really knowing what I really wanted and I've been trying to get on paradise and no one returns my phone calls or emails, so I'm like, Okay, whatever. But Yeah, <laughs> well, that's it's so weird. weird.
1: Why do you think that they're not getting back to you?
2: I don't know. I I don't know. And then I look at like the cast list and I'm like, hey, well, there's you one minority person. So I mean Yeah. And it's not like there's no leads on Bash on Paradise, Everyone's intertwining with everyone. So I don't know. Um, but no, I would love to. I, I had a great experience. I would recommend it to someone that, like, knows who they truly are and, like, what they really want out of it, then definitely.
1: So just one, one last question for you. Um, so there have been a, just a few black contestants um, like yourself who have made it far enough on the show to be considered sort of fan favorites also like Markel from Andy's season. Why do you think yeah. that none of them have been cast as the bachelor or the bachelorette yet?
2: Oh man. That's the tough question. I don't know. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I feel like, I feel like they're a little timid and scared and like, don't know what to do because I've never been in a situation. And Man, honestly, I don't know. Like, I feel like, like I said, like, primetime TV and daytime TV and, like, commercials. If you watch commercials, like, everything is ethnicity or a blend of one race with white race. Like, we're all multicultural pot now. So, like, I just don't understand why they would not want to be for it and, like, you know test the pot and go a little bit. Cause that's what they do. I mean, why pinpoint two females against each other? So I don't know. I feel like Martell would have been a perfect one. Cause I feel like he was, you know, had every quality that a woman would want too, and he was goofy and everything. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't know why they're scared. <laughs> yeah. That
1: seems like the most likely explanation. Um well, yeah. thank you so much for talking with us today. It was really great to to talk about the show with you and uh best of luck with Bachelor in Paradise. Um <laughs> in the future. <laughs> Hope to see you on there.
2: Oh well thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.
1: And now, welcome to Feminism Fails, where we rate the most cringeworthy anti lady moments of the week on our patented Feminism Fail Scale.
0: One, choose your choice. Two, meh, you get a pass. Three, not cool people. Four, the 1950s are definitely back. Five, gender equality is straight up dead.
1: This week, there were a lot of feminism fails, especially Ian. Mostly involving Ian. Yeah, but we have a full selection for you, so here we go. First, Joshua opens
0: with, Hey Nick, is she a cool chick or an amazing woman? Talking about Caitlyn. I mean, we give this a one. It was just kind of hilarious, and we don't even know what it means. But obviously, Joshua uh, needs to work on his feminist cred a little bit more.
1: (laughs) Josh tells Caitlyn about... Nick back to the house, I would just hope that you're smarter than that. Um, we're gonna give that a three because it's just kind of rude. Really, the surefire way to a modern woman's heart, implying that she's dumb unless you do unless she does what you want.
0: Ian makes sure everyone knows that Caitlin is not half as hot as my
1: ex girlfriend. Okay, that's a three. Ian, just stop being a dick. Ian then tells Caitlin. I came here looking to find the girl who got her heart broken, not the girl who wanted to get her field plowed. That's definitely at least a four. Why not both, dude? A woman is a human being. Sometimes she's sad. Sometimes she wants sex. It's a thing. Yeah, shockingly.
0: Ooh. And uh, last but not least, pretty much everything else Ian said, including I'm a catch, uh, i If I were on the other side and had 25 options, things would be better. That would work out so well for him. I have lots of sex. All of those things combine to a five. Sorry, dude. Sometimes you have to accept that it's 2015 and women get to choose some things. You don't actually get to be in control all the time, especially when you choose to go on a reality dating show where it's one woman and 25 men. (laughs)
1: And now it's time for the tweet of the week. Emma and I love live tweeting The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. That's at Emma Lady Rose and at Claire E. Fallon. And we'll be highlighting our favorite tweets from Bachelor Nation every episode. This week, the top tweet is from Jessica Goodman. That's at Jess Good. I have a lot of sex, says the asshole I dumbly drafted for my The Bachelorette Fantasy League. Ouch. And finally, we'll leave you with the quote
0: of the night, courtesy of Ian, obviously. I am an enigma, and who I am is a gift that you unwrap for life. Thank you, Ian, for giving us
1: that gift. And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Our producer is Caitlin Boguki and our editor is Jorge Corona. Thanks to our guest this week, Leslie Hughes. Please let us know what you think of the show. You'll find us on Twitter at EmmaLadyRose and at Claire E. Fallon and on email at heretomakefriends at post.com And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend
0: and subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to leave us a rating or comment wherever you subscribe. It helps other people discover our show. This is Emma Gray and Claire Fallon. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. You're probably already familiar with Vogue. You know, the publication that has given audiences an exclusive inside look at fashion and cultural moments for more than a hundred years. You can expect no less from Vogue's podcast, The Run-Through with Vogue.
1: Meet the influential people behind the scenes of fashion's greatest moments, from designers and creative directors to Vogue editors and the woman behind the infamous Vogue closet. Get
0: inspired while listening to the creative processes of people like author Zadie Smith, fashion designer Tori Birch, and uh, recent star of the Super Bowl, Usher.
1: Go beyond the pages of Vogue with The Run Through, available wherever you get your podcasts.